0: Okay, Barry. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and for agreeing to do this interview. Um, definitely, you know, you have a tremendous background. I'll let you do your your own introduction. So um, maybe start like, uh, maybe maybe take us back. Like, what were you like as a kid? Like, what were you into? You know, maybe growing up.
1: Um, some would probably argue with the notion that I've grown up, but nevertheless. Uh, <laughs> I guess I describe myself, Hamilton, as a naturalized citizen of Norfolk. We moved to, my family moved to Norfolk back, you can believe, in 1960. As a matter of fact, my sister had to stay back in Boston at the time because Norfolk public schools, the high schools, were, were closed. Mm. So uh, grew up here. My dad was in the retail business. He was the millinery business initially, and he became the, the uh, manager of the Rice's and store at uh, At uh, Janeth and helped open Janiff, what was the Miracle Mile I think they called it back then Man, I have some great memories of the old Granby Street and uh, being on the fourth floor of what the Rice's and Ackman's building, watching the parades, etc. Went to Granby High School, um, had an opportunity to go to Old Dominion, went to Old Dominion Wasn't a great student at Old Dominion, but I took advantage of a lot of opportunities there that, that frankly you just don't get maybe any other time. I was editor of the Mason Crown. Uh, My twin brother and I were active politically at the time. Back then, the Republican Party, believe it or not, was the Progressive Party. It was the party of Linwood Holton. And we were really excited about what Linwood Holton might do and he ended up doing for the Commonwealth in terms of putting us into the 21st century. Quick story, we actually had an opportunity to organize an airport rally for him. And uh, we brought in... um, uh, Ronald Reagan who was the the governor of California because he happened to be a teak fraternity brother and we got the entire teak fraternity to come up wow. from Old Dominion which was kind of cool. A quick story that that has something that stayed with me my entire life. Back in those days early on I was passionate about politics, you know, and people on the other side, they were on the other side. Had an opportunity to go to Europe of all places with a fellow by the name of Dr. Stern who was the political science professor uh, and, and somebody who was very active with the ACLU. And, and there were a number of Democrats that went on that trip over to go skiing. The only time I've ever been skiing in my life went to Innsbruck, Austria to go skiing for one <laughs> week. And by the time that plane landed, um, we were we were when we first got on the plane, it was like we were glaring at each other. Sure. By the time that plane end, uh, ended, uh, or plane ride ended, uh, we were fast friends. And I resolved at that time, man, don't make politics personal. It is not personal. We're all people, you know. We all got lies. We got different ideas. We're going to agree sometimes, disagree sometimes and uh, I, I made a resolve then you know never to make politics personal ever since then, become quite independent since then that 's for sure. Um, I mentioned Old Dominion University, I had a chance to to go there and had some uh, a, a great experience really um, wanted to stay in Norfolk and make a difference and you know at the time when I went to Old Dominion, I thought I was going to be a lawyer, and when I took the uh, constitutional law class. Um, I just wasn't all that excited about it, so um, didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. I just knew I wanted to make a difference. Had an opportunity to uh, become the first local person, then Omni Hotel, the Omni International Hotel, which is now the Sheraton Waterside Hotel on the waterfront. Uh, They hadn't built the hotel yet. They hired somebody, you know, locally to do local sales, et cetera, et cetera. And I actually became that first year the director of catering and Hamilton. Let me tell you something. I knew nothing about catering, <laughs> but I was playing tennis with the general manager, and, and it was a great experience. But you know the hotel business, heck of a lot of upside. Um, just real quick story. The lady that was a uh, administrative assistant for me at the time became general manager of a five star hotel in New York City. So no glass ceiling in the hotel business. But you got to be willing to move around. And I really didn't want to move around, so uh, I ended up going in the investment business, uh, spent about 12 years in the investment business, worked at one time with what was uh, Sovereign Investments, became Bank of America Investments. Um, I know they've changed their name so many times. And back in 1993, I had an opportunity to, um, and it was a, a dream job to become Executive Director of the Greater Norfolk Corporation met with uh, Doyle Hall and Charles Cooper and John Turbifield, who was Norfolk Southern at the time, and, and uh, had an opportunity to do something, you know, to get up every morning and do something you love. Man, I tell you, there are not a lot of people maybe that can say they, they did that. So it's been a great ride. I have really, really, really enjoyed it.
0: What's the history of the Greater North Corporation? How did it kind of get started? And Yeah,
1: great, great question. We have... Um, As a city, I think it's fair to say that that Norfolk has always had a very strong appreciation for the value of a public-private partnership. And I say that because coming out of, for example, coming out of World War II, um, we had some of the worst slums in the country, barring none. And um, we rolled up our sleeves as a city, you know, I say we, obviously I wasn't around then, and said, we're going to do something about this, Formed the first redevelopment and housing authority um, in the country. And the private sector was a big part of of that board, going forward. And, and, you know, I always look at Norfolk as kind of like the little engine that could sometimes. So much of our property, as you know, is owned by the federal government, um, and it's off the tax rolls. But um, we've always had an attitude of of instead of cannot, why not? Mm -hmm. And um, in the uh, mid-'70s, we had a pregnant pause in development which is you know, not unusual. Things are not a straight line. Businesses, you know, they don't go up in a straight line. There are pauses along the way sometimes, or, yeah, reverses, whatever. And uh, some of the folks then, and, and the names may not mean anything to you, but Mason Andrews and uh, Doyle Hall and Henry Clay Hoffman and others, that, you know, there's this model uh, in Baltimore called the Greater Baltimore Partnership. And it's essentially um, a, a formalized uh, organization, public-private organization, not unlike what we have already informally. Why don't we formally pull together an organization whose sole purpose at the time was to help jumpstart economic development in, in Norfolk? And uh, it's hard to believe at the time we didn't even have an economic development department. Mm-hmm. And, and it's my understanding that the, the first executive director of Redding, Norfolk, actually became the first economic development director ultimately for the. For the city, um, in terms of what our mission is, we're a really big organization. It's myself and a part-time assistant. <laughs> so I say that somewhat tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. We're really about being a, a catalyst, if you will. And I think one of our past presidents, Bob Stanton, said it best, and that is: uh, Greater Norfolk is about lighting candles. Let's light a candle and and uh, let's vet an idea. And if it's a good idea, let's find the right home for it. It's not about taking credit for it. It's about trying to get some good ideas out there and, and hopefully at the end of the day, you know, make a difference. Case in point, um, it's hard, to, hard to, to, you know, think that 20, 25 years ago we didn't have a community college campus. We were only one of two cities east of the Mississippi that didn't have a community college campus. And there was a proposal to, to open a community college campus in Norfolk. Now, you know, right now there's just great uh, cooperation between Old Dominion and Norfolk State and Tidewater Community College. You know, the whole notion of go here, go anywhere is there. That that maybe wasn't quite the case, you know, 25 years ago. I believe it. So we thought that, you know, the deal had been struck, but it was one of those deals that uh, it was— orally struck, if you will, and then the lawyers had to get together and do it, because probably most people don't know, the community college campus in Norfolk, in downtown Norfolk, is actually a public-private partnership. Hmm. It was the first of its kind in the Commonwealth, and as you can well imagine, the state's equivalent of the General Services Administration, I don't know what they call themselves at the time weren 't all that excited about the idea of you know somebody else telling them how they were supposed to build a community college campus so um, you know one month turned into five months, turned into nine months, then Governor Allen said in December of whatever year that was, hey no 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 written agreement, no community college campus in norfolk so in a long-winded way what greater norfolk was able to do was to get probably 40 45 letters on his desk from ceos that helped get his attention i'm not here to suggest that we by ourselves it's never us by ourselves it's working with a lot of other folks But well, we got his attention the deal was struck and man what a difference that community college campus has made not only to downtown but in the lives of of, of so many uh, norfolk citizens and and you know, regional citizens for that matter um, another good example of what Greater Norfolk uh, has done, um, we sat down some years back with then superintendent of schools, Dr. John Simpson, and we asked him, you know, what, what can we do to help, you know, uh, the, the Norfolk public school system? And one of the things he said really resonated with the folks at that meeting. He said, you know, it's all about leadership. We need some help with leadership. Our education, our principals are our leaders. And they get a lot of education pedagogy at school, at schools like Old Dominion, School of Education, whatever. Um, But they don't get much in the way of leadership development. And it struck a chord with the folks there. And and some of the folks we had there included Tommy Johnson. They included uh, Conrad Hall, who at the time was CEO of Trader Publications, which became Dominion Enterprises. Macon Brock, who was the CEO at the time of, of Dollar Tree. And they said, you know. We know something about leadership. We don't know anything about education pedagogy. What if we were to help you with leadership development, with your principles? And then somebody suggested, I'm not sure who said, you know, that there's this Center for Creative Leadership in Greensboro, North Carolina, which is a world-class leadership development for corporate folks. Many corporations send their top executives there. And it's described by many as a life-altering experience. You do the 360 review. and You learn a lot about yourself. and." Um, and so what happened was, we pulled together a leadership, uh, what we call the Norfolk Public Schools Leadership uh, uh, Council, and uh, the the principals went for three or four days down to the Center for Creative Leadership. And then when they came back, each one of the companies that participated, which at the time included the Virginian Pilot and Centera and, and, and uh, then Trader uh, 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 and, and uh, USAA would do an all-day session on an aspect of leadership and really dig into it, make it very interactive, etc. And uh, we did it for about 10 years, and it, it really made a difference. And, it, you know, the logical question is, you know, well, gee, if it made such a difference. You know, why do we still have challenges at Norfolk Public Schools? And... I think one thing it showed is that you can, you can do a good job developing leaders, but you've got to pay attention to retaining them too. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the things that happened is… Oh, like got attrition. Like- yeah. Well, um, yeah. Some great leaders were developed, but they also a lot of other folks recognized that leadership. And, and uh, so uh, w- one of the themes, I guess really the overriding theme for Greater Norfolk today and has been for some time is, at the end of the day, it is all about developing, attracting, and retaining Leadership that's true for any organization It's true for any city for that matter if you're not doing that We, we had a fellow come down from Richmond some years back well, Jim Ucrop who uh crop oh, supermarkets, yeah. etc Tremendous guy and Ted Chandler who was CEO of a fortune 500 a company the name escapes me And I'll never forget what they said at the time. They said folks. We're here to tell you That Millennials may be 25 percent of your population They're hundred percent of your future and if you're not paying attention to attracting and retaining millennials, you are not going to be a player, you know, going forward. Well, I guess we've got to broaden that now to Gen Z, too. Sure, um, sure. Yeah, That's for sure. Right. But um, that gives you a little bit of a background for, for Greater Norfolk. In terms of um, how we came about that theme of attracting and retaining and developing leadership, just a, a quick, quick aside. We Please. had a strategic planning retreat coming out of the Great Recession. And uh, when I say strategic planning, that kind of has a bad connotation to people nowadays. We spent probably about three hours brainstorming. And it was fascinating, Hamilton. I'll tell you, the last thing I would have expected to hear from CEOs at that time was, we can't find the talent we need. I didn't think anybody was hiring. But people are always hiring. Even in bad times, you're always looking for the right talent, and particularly in those hard-to-fill areas. That's an interesting insight And the, insight the message there. was, man, we cannot find the talent we need the other message was really personal to CEOs. I don't even know how the conversation started. But somehow the question was asked of the group at the time, how many of your son, sons and daughters are coming back to Norfolk in this region to, to live and to, and to grow their career? And only about a quarter of the room, um, or put it the other way, how many of your sons and daughters have left the area sure. and, and are not coming back, and it was three quarters. And it was personal for folks. And at the end of the day, and as a dad myself, my, my daughter's in, in Arlington, what I think you want, what we want is at least we want them to have the opportunity to come back, That's to right. feel that they have the opportunity to come back. I'll tell you, if they choose that for whatever time period that you know, the lights of New York City is the right place for them, good for them. But if they make that choice saying, I really wanted to come back to Norfolk in this 757 region, but it just didn't have the opportunities I was looking for. We got work to do. And um, we pulled together, as a matter of fact, a, 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 a group. We don't do lots of committees and whatnot. But um, we pulled together a group. We called it brain drain to brain gain, as a matter of fact, initially. And, and Hamilton, I'll never forget, we filled the, the conference room up with folks. Folks were really interested in this. And about halfway through the meeting, somebody said, what's wrong with this picture? everybody looked at each other. I mean, we're all 50 years old and and older. You know, we're interested. But we need to get, we need to engage young people. So we turned the whole thing over to a group of of young people and uh, did did a a poll. In fact, Old Dominion University helped us with the poll to really better understand what what some of the, and it won't surprise you, I mean, transportation on people's mind. At that time, we didn't have passenger rail, and there was a, a lot of support for passenger rail and light rail. Um, But one of the things that that came out of that was the importance of placemaking, and uh, subsequent to that we we pulled together a group to talk about our our entrepreneurial ecosystem, because even some years after the (coughs) Great Recession, I don't need to tell you, this region was just growing very slowly, if at all, and we just needed to to jumpstart the economy, if you will. And in particular, we needed more Hamiltons. We needed more entrepreneurs that are starting and growing companies. So we pulled together a group just to kind of think about that. One of the things that came out of that that effort was the importance of placemaking. And again, it was the young people at the table that were fully participating that said, hey, why don't we make the Elizabeth River Trail the most iconic riverfront trail in America and make that a magnet for people within this region and a magnet for talent, for that matter, because placemaking is really important and having those kinds of amenities is really, really important. So what we did as an organization is help spin off a separate foundation, the Elizabeth River Trail Foundation, um, which has raised very close to, very, very close to reaching its goal of $4 million. And you're gonna see very shortly some dramatic improvements, uh, some amenities added to the Elizabeth River Trail that I think are gonna make, make a real difference. The other thing I would say about that is that I will tell you um, from a personal standpoint, you know, growing up, I, I, I think even at my advanced age, I know how young people feel from a standpoint of, man, give me an opportunity, let me have a chance. I can remember, man, coming out of Old Dominion I admit, I thought I had all the answers. (laughs) Frankly, I didn't even know all the questions, uh, for that matter. But um, I'll never forget. I don't even remember the context of the conversation, but... uh, I thought somebody was asking me to serve on this convention in Visitorsville at the time and it was one of those, oh, no, 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 we didn't, that, the implication was that was for the, that's for the big, you know, the big boys, you know, or whatever got kind it. of thing, and I kind of bristled at it, you know, back then. And the neat thing about this Little River Trail Foundation is that it's, the, the board itself has got, it's got a lot of young, really, really passionate, talented young people, as well as some of the veterans, if you will. That and it's been a great learning experience. I think we can learn from each other. One hundred percent. Hang on, There's a lot that you can teach me. We were just talking before we started this podcast about technology,
0: and I think and that's really important. I need no, that's absolutely Man, it's a, it, We're doing a,
1: a mentorship initiative with Norfolk State, um, mentorship internship initiative, and we 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 did it on a. On a uh, a trial basis, I guess, last year we had eight or nine mentors, and our goal for this year, starting next month, my face to have you know twenty. It was a great, great experience, and the mentors will tell you to a person they they felt like they learned more than the mentees did, mm. and. Um, we, we just we, we got to do everything we can, I think, to reach out and learn from each other. And we, we need to make sure that, particularly when you think about the talent we have in this region at Old Dominion and at Tidewater Community College and Norfolk State and EVMS and Virginia Wesley and that's just on the south side, they've gone. What can we do to attract the best and the brightest, and importantly, what can we do to help make sure that they feel connected? Because if, if connections are made, folks are more likely to stay. One of the reasons why we started the live uh, live Norfolk summer intern program, yeah, with a partnership with the downtown Norfolk Council. Truth be known, they've done all the heavy lifting on it. Uh, they do a fantastic job. Yeah, we appreciate
0: uh, uh, you know. And, 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 and point, you spoke at yeah.
1: uh, at uh, at one of those sessions. And, and the whole idea is to. Is and to try speaks, to showcase.
0: That speaks to the, even the spirit of the organization because I mean, even the entrepreneurial minute, or you know, that, yeah. that kind of that stuff matters. Well, so that's, that's, a, that's
1: You, you raise a good point about the entrepreneurial minute coming out of that entrepreneurial think tank that I, I mentioned. That we and one of the things that we said right at the beginning of that, by the way, was because business folks nowadays they they don't want an open ended commitment to something. You know, let's study it for the rest of our lives. And so we said six months. We're gonna get into this thing in six months. But one of the things we learned in addition to the importance of placemaking, which led the Elizabeth River Trail uh initiative, was dang hey, on you gotta shine a light on entrepreneurs. You gotta celebrate their success. And uh we need to do a better job of a city and a region of that. So in a in a you know, what can we do in our small way is at almost all of our meetings. We, we have the entrepreneur minute you alluded to. We, eight minutes or so, it's not a minute. where are an entrepreneur can showcase uh, their company and, and what they're doing. And, and uh, I, I take members really, really enjoy hearing it. The exciting thing is that, uh, I mean, we're not where Northern Virginia is. We're not where Austin, Texas is. But man, there's some green shoots out there. There's some really interesting companies that are coming up as well, you know. Ario and oh, SVT yeah. Robotics and... And Rialto Life Sciences just to name a few. Um, we For just sure. got to do an even better job of helping those companies grow and keeping them here and making sure that they're able to attract the talent they need to grow and prosper in and, and our region and make a you know make a difference.
0: What do you think the region needs the most right now? Like is it entrepreneur spotlight? Is it connecting kind of formal higher education institutions? Is it creating a space where it's a kind of a just regional attraction like that's the thing that brings in sort of tourism like what's like is it one thing or even is it i don't most? know that
1: it's uh, and, and listen everybody's got their own idea to be sure. sure i don't know that it's it's one thing but i, I do think it comes back to that central theme of, of talent mm-hmm. and uh, one of the things that came out of that that the strategic planning retreat i alluded to some years back was something that we've worked on for a long time now and still at, and importantly, was the idea of a career technical high school. And at the time, we didn't know whether it was a good idea or not. And again, what we do is let's vet it. We brought somebody down from the Harvard Graduate School of Education that had just published a really important piece on pathways to prosperity, making the case that as a country, we have put all our eggs in one basket. We have Our message to young people is, if you don't go to college, you can't be successful. And the reality is there are multiple pathways for success. That's what we need to be talking about. Not every job requires a traditional four-year degree. But they do require, in, in almost every case now, something beyond a high school degree, a certificate, advanced certificate, a community college, et cetera, et cetera. And so uh, the fellow that came down made a compelling case and uh, said, "Hey, you need to go look at what they're doing up at Worcester Technical High School in Worcester, Massachusetts." And so we brought a group up and looked at it. Man, I tell you, we were just blown away. Maurice Jones led that effort f- for us at the time. Maurice was president and publisher of the Virginian Pilot. And and let me let me just for a second just describe how that is different and the impact it's making. Now, it was a new facility, and new facilities in and of themselves, you know, are not are not the difference maker, but what it was able to do was really, really something. Um, The way we do career technical education, and my generation would refer to it in the old days as vocational education, as career technical education, is kids go to an academic high school for the academics. They get put on a bus a couple, three times a week, and they go to the technical center. In in our case, it's the Norfolk Technical Center on Military Highway. The problem is very little, if any, connection is made between the academic and the technical. The model at Worcester is all in one place, the Worcester Technical High School. The academic is directly across the hall, in almost every case, from the technical. The teachers work hand in glove, and and kids begin to see how we apply what we're learning to what we want to do, and it's applied learning and learning by doing, and the light bulb has gone off for these kids. They've got a 98% on-time graduation rate, and they don't cherry-pick the kids up there either. They have a long waiting list of kids that want to get in there. But just to give you an idea of, of, of what they've done, the old model would be, Hamilton, whatever you've got that you're not using that's out of date, we'd love to have it for our technical you know, school. Their attitude was, no, 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 we want the latest, most up-to-date equipment. So when these kids walk out that door, they'll work on the same equipment that they're working on at our school. So when we were walking through where they were doing printing, and, oh, by the way, they do all the printing for not only the school system but the city of Worcester. We're walking through, I don't know anything about printing equipment, but Maurice Jones knew a lot about printing equipment, (laughs) and he's shaking his head going, we don't have this equipment at the Virginian Pilot. It was OSA printing equipment. They have a 15 bay garage where all of the state police cars, all of the city of Worcester cars get their servicing done. The public can bring their car, and it's going to take a little bit longer. They actually had a veterinary clinic there. Really interesting partnership with the, with the actual uh, one of the schools there, the vet schools. Um, they, they opened a clinic. The kids helped build the clinic, they staffed the clinic. Obviously, the, the school of veterinarian folks actually do the, the you know, the hands on with the dog or the cat, sure. it's a clinic where folks that don't have the money in Worcester to maybe go to a regular, kind of a neat concept, they've got on their main street, they've got a credit unit that the kids run, they have a full cafeteria that serves lunch to the public, the culinary students cook the lunch, they serve the food, and you learn, you learn the importance of service. When you're actually doing it because
0: you're not going to get
1: a tip if uh in most <laughs> cases if you don't do it That's so right. it's 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 really uh, uh you know a hands-on kind of thing we've, we've made three trips up uh and uh that was quite some time ago we've stayed with it the the pro- it was problematic from the standpoint of the cost of of building a school mm-hmm. i mean the initial estimate was 80 million and now it's probably closer to 120 million the good news is that um, can I, I want to make sure I get the, the, the name. Yeah, of course. We have um, one thing I think an organization like Greater Norfolk can do is we're we're not a membership we're we're not a membership driven organization. Mm-hmm. By that, by that I mean we're not providing services to members and whatnot. We're not here to compete with the chamber. They do a great job at representing business on a multitude of, of issues. Uh, Likewise, we fly at the 10,000-foot level, whereas the downtown Norfolk Council flies at the 300 or treetop level when it comes to, you know, things downtown. But we've been able to stick with something long enough that was important. And we really think the CTE, the Career Technical High School, is really important from the standpoint of of making sure we have the workforce. We have a lot of technical jobs that we can't fill. We've got a ship repair industry that the average age is 55 and, and, and over. Pays darn good money. They're having a very difficult finding finding talent. The healthcare industry, same thing. I mean, there is a and the tech. I don't need the technical side in particular. The IT side is extremely competitive. Um, So, I'm happy to be able to share with you that that um, the governor has included six million dollars in his budget for the Regional Advanced Workforce Development Center. So the idea has evolved. The CDE High School would be an integral part of that center. This would be a project that would be uh, TCC, Tidewater Community College. So we're hopeful that the $6 million in planning money, A, will stay in the budget, will get the plan finished and done, and hopefully the next time around the money will be there to, it would be a partnership between, by the way, between Norfolk Public Schools, Tidewater Community College, and the City of Norfolk. Uh, greater norfolk would bring the business you know, help to facilitate bringing the business community in but i think I, I apologize in a long-winded way that talent part is just so darn critical um, nothing's going to happen we're, we're just not going to reach our, our 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 goals if we don't have the talent to to to, to reach it and, and the you know the entrepreneurs that i mentioned they'll be the first to tell you their greatest challenge is finding the talent they need and uh, i know some of their funders are telling them you know, you need to be in Austin. You need to be whatever. Take on it. They need to be here. We need to make sure that we do whatever we have to do to, to make sure that they can can stay here and grow.
0: Barry, what are you most proud of? You you have this career. I mean, you you touch an impact. I mean, you talked about it earlier the work that you do. It impacts lives. Like it impacts actual people. Like, what are you? where are you most well? Let I mean, I mean,
1: I'm. Uh, it isn't about me, and it's yeah. not about personal achievement. Or whatever. I mean, I think I got a box somewhere that has, you know, a lot of that kind of stuff. It is almost in every case a team effort and and a lot of people. And let me just share a quick story with you that sort of illustrates that. Um, I think I'm maybe probably most proud of this. Coming out of Old Dominion early on, I probably could have focused more on my career, quite honestly. I focused a lot more on community. And at the time, uh, uh, for many of your listeners, I know they'll say, Harbor well, HarborVest, you know, that's been here. But it's been, been around for a long time. We had a waterfront back then that was rubble. We parked cars on the waterfront. The rats took over, you know, at night on that waterfront. And there was a group of us, and it was very organic. It was a bubbled-up kind of a thing. saying, so, yeah, take on it. There's potential here. And we got excited about the fact that President Kennedy, you know, way back when— um, had the tall ships, talked about the tall ships. There were a number of tall ships that were making their way up the East Coast. They had, uh, back in the mid 70s, one of them or two of them went to NOAA, and there were thousands of people that came to see the tall ship. So we said, well, maybe a festival associated with bringing some of the tall ships here came a community festival, Harbor Fest, put on entirely by volunteers, entirely by volunteers. We went out, raised all the money for it, had the first symphony concert a la Boston Symphony on the waterfront, and what it did was, and, and there was a time when there were a million people coming to this thing on a weekend, it was crazy, it was wild. But it showed that people would come if you give them a reason, we hadn't given them a reason. That's a good point. And, and Waterside uh, developed shortly thereafter, um, and you know.
0: And that's how Harborfest was born. And Harborfest
1: was born, and Harborfest is still there, but it's, it's served, it's certainly served its purpose things don't last forever particularly in the world we live in today and when somebody says well waterside well of course waterside has reinvented itself it's a different waterside alive i think yeah they, they, they now macarthur center mall was something that greater norfolk was a advocate for and it's it's in the process of reinventing itself yeah because it, the times have, have changed but has it made a difference man it's made a huge difference but now we gotta we gotta reinvent it so it 's never done, and when somebody says, Well, it, it, you know downtown its it 's done no 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 downtown 's it 's constantly evolving you don 't stay with it so i, I guess i 'm um, um, the message I would leave is there was an ad several years ago, Robin Williams did for uh, apple uh, i don 't know if you 've heard it he, he cited uh, walt whitman 's uh, poem and at the end of it He said, that you are, that life exists in identity, that the powerful play goes on, and you may contribute a verse, that the powerful play goes on, and you may contribute a verse. What I'm probably most excited about is that hopefully I've been able to contribute a verse to Norfolk's. Um, And I think one of the exciting things about Norfolk in this region is that everyone has an opportunity here to be able to write the next chapter, help write the next chapter. I don't think you can say that in every city. I don't, with all due respect, I don't think, you know, as, as great as New York City is, probably not going to help write the next chapter of New York City. But you can you can do it here. There is that opportunity. If, if, you know, if that's something that you're interested in. So
0: That's but super. Anyway. That's really inspiring. What, um, maybe, also maybe we'll close a little bit on maybe one thing you learned just work. I mean, you work with so many personalities, so many individuals, CEOs. I mean, what's something maybe that has impacted you personally it could be a, a mentor or you know if you ever had a mentor that kind of thing maybe just what What have you what was the aha moment for you through all well of I don't this? think it was
1: one aha <laughs> moment I think uh, you know uh,
0: top two or three listening uh,
1: the importance of listening yep. is, is really important um I tend to be in and, and, and quite honestly being focused I, I tend to get excited about a lot of things and it's great to get excited and and uh, you know, one thing I'll never forget, Mike Brock saying is, me, me, "Everybody can bring uh, your attitude. You control your attitude, and being enthusiastic is something you can be or not choose to be. And I think that makes a you know makes a difference. But um, at the end of the day, though, it's about uh, not taking trying to take credit for things. It's about giving credit to others, and uh, uh, that's that's an important lesson I think." Uh, for all of us, um, and I think I, as I said earlier, I, when I first came out of Old meeting, I really thought I had all the answers. And man, I'm still trying to figure out what the questions are, for that matter. <laughs> Love
0: that. Yeah. Well, this has been great. Where can the listeners, uh, and followers, where can they connect with you? Where can they, uh, where can they get in touch if they want? To yeah, I'd involved? be happy
1: to. They can call me at my office. If they' happy to chat with them, we're in the process of redoing our website, so that'll be up and running here within the next week or two weeks. Um, but I'm at uh, Greater Norfolk and the number is 622 2242. Be happy to, to chat. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Oh, well, it's my pleasure. Thank you.